This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome to Hue at Home, I'm Tracy Koga. Yes, we have spent yet another Easter in isolation, but I consider ourselves lucky we're not in the third lockdown yet. So on one hand though, it has opened up a lot of doors and opportunities for others. So as much as the pandemic has separated us from our family and loved ones, it has definitely brought new things to light. Now, have you ever wanted to try something but afraid of not being perfect? Life coach Linda Drostowicz will show us to just do it. But first, you're going to meet two dynamic women that are part of the Play Collective, and they're making live theater a new inclusive experience. Let's learn more with Shannon Guile and Andrea Sardison. Well, you know what, kids? It's time to play. Well, maybe that's just a play on words. That's my two cents worth to make you put a smile on your face, but I have two lovely ladies here that are so talented in our arts and culture community. I've got Shannon and I've got Andrea, and it's so nice to see both of you. Uh, you know, usually in better times we'd be doing this in person. I get to see a snippet of the play and we chat, but hey, everything's virtual right now. But this is really interesting. and. Um, am I safe to say that this is possibly a, a project from the heart for both you, Andrea, Andrea and uh, Shannon? So Shannon, I guess maybe you're shaking your head and you're going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell us what play is all about. Well, play. Um, play is a uh, production about diversity and inclusion. It's about connecting with people and the fact that um, you shouldn't let anything kind of hinder you from, from making those connections. And uh, we used language as, as a good means to it because it, it really does uh, kind of correlate between cultures and, and difference. And uh, we really wanted to show that you don't need language to be able to communicate and connect with somebody. Aww. And Andrea, I mean, I guess what was it that sparked I, your interest in wanting to be part of this? I know besides being great friends with Shannon and Joanna too, we must say yes. Yeah, it's true. We, the four of us, that's Shannon, um, Joanna, Laura, Lucie, and myself, um, really formed a great bond over the last six years, which, which made us keep working on the show. Even when one of us was like, I can't do it anymore. We're like, yes, you can. So we were each other's family and cheerleaders. That certainly helped. But 
Um, I think for me, what what really drew me into this um, project when Shannon invited um, me on board was a huge artistic challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, we set out to create a show in three languages at the same time. And to our knowledge, this has never happened before. Um, and there wasn't a, f- a formula or a way that it had been done. So we were kind of inventing it as we went. Um, and, and so now the show that we've created is for young audiences and it can be experienced by an Anglophone audience, Francophone audience or deaf audience simultaneously without translation or anybody who has any one of those languages or is bilingual. Um, and so that's really special. It, it means that what we're trying to show in the play about inclusive, inclusivity and community can happen in the audience uh, who's coming to watch it as well. Oh, that's beautiful. So getting back to the play now, Shannon, is it like a set play or is it just, or is it improv kind of thing? Because I know that you're, you know, an expert at improv. So, yeah. Um, It's actually, well, I mean, my my main uh, background is in sketch comedy, which is written and and it, it did end up with lots of elements of sketch comedy. We didn't know where it was gonna land when we started. Uh, We wrote it as a collective and and yeah, just slowly, it, it basically became sketch comedy. Um, you know, we kind of compare it to to Sesame Street in that you sometimes see those um, uh, those scenes where it's almost like on a set, uh, and then it'll be a cutaway of a letter or an animation or um, an actual more s- like cinematic like scene. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of elements of sketch comedy, uh, but yeah, it's definitely, it's written, um, especially with its trilingual nature. And uh, each of these characters, they, they don't speak each other's languages. They can understand each other, which is really um, reminiscent of, of what we kind of went through too. Like I'm, I'm fairly fluent, very basic um, American Sign Language, but French, I understand words of. And, and it was interesting, it kind of experiencing the play as we were creating the play. Oh, so um, I guess this brings up a, a big, uh, a big, I guess, white elephant or silent elephant in the room, as always, right, with the arts and theater. I mean, for the deaf, it was always something special and they would never be able to go to MTYP or MTC and enjoy the full experience of not only being able to see it, but also to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that experience like, um, Andrea, doing that, and then as being, you know, being very artistic and creative, how do you make that convey to a young audience who sometimes doesn't have a very long <laughs> attention span? Sure. <laughs> Sure. Well, yeah, Joanna, who's the uh, our collaborator um, and one of the actors in the play, she's the first deaf actor to perform at Manitoba Theatre Fan People in all of its history um, that we know of. So mm-hmm. that in itself is an amazing thing um, and something that, that we're proud of and hope that we can see more of. We certainly, by working with Joanna as a collaborator, all of the non-deaf actors learned a lot about that culture and community. Um, she taught mm-hmm. us a lot. And we tried to find ways in theater that we can make the show more accessible besides just including American Sign Language. So we use a lot of um, projection in the show so that uh, concepts and sounds can be illustrated visually. Um, we use a lot of the projection also goes in time to the music. So whereas 
audience is, is, is hearing the music, the deaf audience can be watching the song. Um, and, and I think having these sort of guides, like the French actor, the English actor, and the uh, deaf actor be the guide for their own audience is super helpful. Um, for, we say at the beginning of the show, like, just follow me. Like, if you speak my language, follow me. And, um, and that's good. And it's in vignettes also, as, as Shannon was saying when she alluded it to being like Sesame Street, each scene is only about three minutes. So oh, cool. for those uh, with shorter attention spans, even like myself, <laughs> that is a great way to experience the show. <laughs> and we'll also add that um, this is a fully accessible show, but this is fully probably the first fully accessible show uh, for the deaf that doesn't have interpreters on stage. Mm -hmm. And, and that was really, that was one of our main goals was to make it so that uh, the audience can focus on, on the product, on the uh, entertainment and not have to be going back and forth and have that slight distraction. It's fully immersive and, um, and accessible. Do you think that maybe ladies you've, you've uh, stumbled upon like the next wave of theater? Uh, because now we're in an age, right, where we're very sensitive and um, we know to be all-inclusive and to, you know, to be empathetic to everyone and, you know, equal opportunity. Wow, maybe this could even stretch to the main stage. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think that, um, I, I don't think that every theater, like, will work in this format, but I think that we have created a format and proven that it, it can be done. It takes a lot of work. It took six, six years of work, but it's definitely um, a, a viable form that, that people can now take and, and run with and work with. Wow. Uh, what's the response been like, Andrea, like with the kids and with the adults too as well? Yeah, we performed the show or was shared um, with about 2,100 uh, students at M2IP last week, two weeks ago, and uh, we had some great talkbacks with them, great feedback from all language groups, which was really great to see. And now we sort of started putting it out into the world and uh, sharing it across the country, internationally. And uh, I've been getting some fun videos of kids dancing while watching the show. But um, we've also been getting some great feedback from our colleagues um, who are theater creators and just saying that it was uh, a great product, but also an, an innovative product in the way that we work. So it's great to hear that when we're so isolated right now, we can't have the live audience and the feeling, you know, that energy when you're on stage, Tracy, how valuable that is. Um, so it's nice to, to have some positive feedback coming through the internet. <laughs> Oh, I know we're all kind of, I, we're, I know in one sense we are getting very tired, but in the other sense, I mean, this is the new norm. Uh, like, let's get back to your world of live performance and live in front of a live audience. Where do you see, I guess, theater going? I can't see in the foreseeable future us all 800 people at Royal MTC, but there has to be a beginning and a start. What do you feel? And because, you know, both of you are creators, too. What do you feel would, would be the next step of getting back? Shannon. I think that, um, I mean, one, just reduced numbers mm -hmm. is definitely a possibility. I mean, we're just about to go into the summer, which allows so much more possibility. Being outside um, allows for space. It allows for just that flow of air. Um, I know... There's a lot of, I mean, usually we have um, the Fringe Festival. I don't really know what their plan is, but I know that there were a lot of shows that would that would be outside. I think 
it's just more than anything provided an opportunity for creators to get more innovative. I mean, for us, there we already knew that this was going to be an innovative project because it had to be because we needed to be able to show sound and, and elements like that. But it really pushed us far into figuring out how do we make theater digital? How do we, but still engaging and still interesting mm -hmm. um, without it just being TV but and finding that middle ground. I think we have, not that, that we've invented this whole new style. I mean, this has been around for a long time, but I think that more creators will be thinking of innovative ways to, in, to be incorporated in their new projects. And it just um, has, force people and push people to think outside the box. And for those that aren't thinking outside the box, they're not creating, they're not able to go forward. And I think that the people who are um, able to like hold on to this, uh, this opportunity uh, are, are finding new ways. And, and I think that's the biggest change is, is the way that people are thinking about putting their ideas forward. That's the biggest change. Yeah. Well, and just uh, to let you know, uh, Winnipeg Fringe announced they're going virtual. So, okay, yeah. yeah, so there is, I guess, you know what, um, there will be that trepidation, I know, from people, but Andrea, like, I mean, to get the audience to come back, um, what, what do you foresee? What would be your, your first play live that you'd want to do? Well, with, with my company, One Trunk, we have been doing shows throughout the whole pandemic, and they've been one-on-one, -on -one, they've been through glass, on people's front lawns and that has been like so appreciative by the audience and the performers and so I think it is as Shannon's saying like you begin to think about theater like the the beauty of theater is that intimate relationship between the audience and and the mm -hmm. performer you don't need an 800 person venue to do that mm -hmm. you don't need a million dollar set to do that so how do we sort of start start small um I think is that's what we've been doing but also, there's so much to learn from this time about like what works digitally versus mm -hmm. what is better live and and what do people want um, for accessibility or for their own convenience um, and how they access entertainment. And so I don't think the digital world will go away. I think it, it's always going to be working in tandem. And the more that we we've had a gift as theater artists to learn about the digital realm, which people have been asking us to do for a long time, we're just mm -hmm. our feet down and didn't do it. <laughs> um, and so now now that we know more about how to create in that way and, and the language of that world, I think it will make our live work that much better when we return, for yeah. sure. No, and you and you hit it right. I think this is a flexibility because if people can't come on a Wednesday night to see your show live, then they can, you know, see it or, you know, experience it streamed. So I think in the long run, it might be a, a better playing field for all artists, really. Uh, and I guess to wrap things up, where can we see the play or how is it going to be distributed? And I kind of think that this has got, this is going to have international attention, definitely. I'm so happy. It's so, it's so cool. I mean, <laughs> and it's so simple. Like, why hasn't anybody done this before? And it also... Because we haven't been forced to do it. Really. <laughs> yeah, like, you're right. That's yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> but so. then the beauty of it would be to include other languages, too, as well, mm -hmm. right? You know, uh, I yeah. could sing a Filipino, yeah. Japanese, Chinese. Um, yeah. It definitely has a, a, a beautiful synergy to make it and expand it to include everyone. But mm -hmm. um, Shannon... How, yeah. how is it going to be distributed or is it only going to, is this a one-time thing? 
Well, uh, currently we are um, on our website, so mm -hmm. www.playtheplay.com, which is P-L-E, the play, P-L-A-Y.com, mm -hmm. uh, slash shows, or if you just go to our main site, you'll see it right there, you can click onto it. Uh, that's how, that's our, um, our way to stream onto it and, uh, and do a pay-per-view. And that's going to be running until June 16th, is it, Andrea? Um, and then after that, um, we, we actually are just right now in talks with, uh, there's a, a company in uh, the UK that's trying to create an online um, children's theater, almost like a Netflix um, for theater so that people all around the world can experience it. So there, there, are, other, there are other options out there that we're, we're looking into. And hopefully in the future, we will be able to do it live. Um, yeah. but, uh, mm -hmm. but for now, like what a great opportunity for um, this, this little beautiful piece that's very accessible that we're able to give and uh, offer. Oh. Well, congratulations and uh, don't go away folks because we'll have a little sizzle reel, as Shannon says, you know, to give you a little taste of the play. And thank you so much. And, and you know what? Uh, next time, let's make a date. I want to be sitting where, wherever, outdoors, and watching both of you perform live. Because that, that, that to me is theater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. So good We'd to love see. to do that for you, Tracy. Okay. <laughs> All the best. Thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you so much, Andrea. It was so great to see both of you. The play, go to the website, playtheplay.com. Okay, thank you ladies. Home. Coming up, Verde stylist Oscana shows us the secret behind beautiful hair, a healthy scalp. She'll give us tips on massage that will leave you thanking her for sharing it. 
But first, I want to say congratulations and a big thank you to all of the ladies that have joined us on the Hue Virtual Chat. We recently celebrated our first anniversary, so here's a clip on what we've learned so far through this incredible year. Coming or going on air, that's what I like to say, just thinking about all the different conversations and all the different women and a few men have joined and it is so amazing because otherwise we probably would have never met. Correct? Oh, I, I completely agree. And like you, Tracy, I was kind of pondering that uh, we're almost at 60 shows and it's been a year. Mm -hmm. And thinking about when this started and when you um, came up with this idea and put this forth and it started, that it was at that time, it was just kind of a lifeline to some normalcy and connection that was so needed um, and uh, then it kind of grew into its own and it just became um, a community of amazing women that I got to uh, see and connect with uh, on a regular basis um, and it wasn't so much it wasn't so much about getting through those really really kind of dark uncertain days but it kind of morphed into something that it was into what it is now, which I think is an amazing group of supportive uh, females that are making change in our community. And it's just, it's really an honor and a privilege to be connected and share space with them. So that's what I was thinking about <laughs> when I came on. Well, and it's, and it's interesting to see how personalities have come out of all this. Hi, Charlotte. <laughs> I know you have to go. Um, but I want to quickly, okay, Cynthia, I mean, just meeting you, and that will be a good segue to Nicole. And I'm so glad Nicole is on this too as well. I mean, yeah. that's how mm -hmm. we connected. But I yes. mean, even with yourself and, and knowing you for now a year, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you have changed so much and you have brought so much, I think, into all of our lives and, and made us, you know, not only rethink, uh, rethink our beliefs. Yeah but also help us yeah. to understand and accept. Mm -hmm. So for yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey. I think the biggest aspect has been, while I appreciate that all of you may have experienced that, it's, I'm also going through the transformation and the growth and learning from the experience, which just deepens my ability to help and you know, work with others through the process. So, yeah, it's pretty magical. Well, well I all, wanna... thanks, all thanks to Nicole. Yes, oh. <laughs> I know. No, for you, I mean, there was, there was some dark days for you too, right? And days oh, where for sure. it was hard to get through. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, uh, I think that we all have to be okay with admitting that there were some really bad days and some really dark days. And, um, you know, like, that's hard to be vulnerable and to admit that. But I mean, at the same time, how, how could we not have, you know, like, th this is unprecedented in our lifetime. And um, everything that we've experienced over this past year has been a lesson in... Um, you don't know what's going to happen and you can plan as much as you want, but your plans may still go out the window. And that means that you still have to adapt. And you know what? The last week, this phrase has been kind of ringing in my ear and it's, um, it's the phrase that is just simple. I'm struggling. 
And I think that there are a lot of people who are feeling that, but who are afraid to say that even to themselves, never mind out loud. But um, yeah, like that simple phrase, I'm struggling, says so much. And it can be about so many things. It can be about this pandemic. It can be about work. It can be about your kids in school. It could be about any number of things. But I think it is so um, important to just give yourself that grace and that ability to say that I am not okay and that's okay, um, but I need to talk about how I'm not okay. Uh, I think more of it, like just an emotional, and I think like we've talked about this, you know, mm -hmm. a lot throughout this year, just uh, just going through the grieving process and at least having the ability to come on line once a week with you guys <laughs> and have those really, um, and let's just put this on the table. I, I'm I'm basically as blunt as they come. I really have lost any <laughs> any ability to have a filter these days, which is fine. I'm totally cool with that. But yeah, I think this this year has been really positive, and a positive in the way that we have all found ways to survive. And this was coming on here has been a way for me uh, to just be able to have very uh, interesting, introspective, uh, really deep, real conversations, which, you know, we, we, we haven't had those, you know, we were talking about everything from feminism to parenting, to COVID, to restaurants, to everything. And uh, I think that, if I could say one thing, I feel like I've learned a lot this year. Um, and I don't know about the rest of you, but don't you feel like you've walked away with so much knowledge and uh, such a different perspective on various things? So like on a personal level, yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard. You, you, you miss people, you're grieving and all that stuff. And um, but on, on a positive level, I think that we have all hopefully found little bits and pieces of joy within our days or in our weeks. And I, I definitely had that and, you know, definitely on here. Um, so I definitely appreciate that. But yeah, other than that, I, I don't know. I really don't know how I feel at this point. I, I'm, I don't see the end. And I think that's causing me a little bit of anxiety. You know what I mean? Like, I know people are getting vaccinated and all that, but it still makes me really nervous. You know, we really need to um, understand that these platforms are not in the business of uh, promoting safety. They're not in the business of promoting um, or even adhering to their own rules as far as terms of service and hate speech are concerned. All they're simply doing is they're in it to make money and they're in it to make money and get clicks and get views at any cost. And the cost is us. The, co the cost is society. The cost is safety. The cost is, um, you know, a myriad of things that have to do with people who are powerless against these, you know, uh, tech giants to do anything about it. Yeah. Short of regulation. <laughs> so bring on the regulation. Yeah, well, I think, you know, that, that should uh, definitely be looked at. Because I think, too, I mean, obviously, and we've talked about it, I mean, it all, and it comes, spoils into, or boils into mental health and wellness, right? I mean, and like we are, we're slaves to our phones and, and all the information that's there at our fingertips. And yes, and we talked about thinking before we speak and everything like that is, yeah, it's, I guess, well, we're not going to solve all the world's problems on our anniversary show, but... Um, I just want to thank all of you because uh, it's been it's been a definite ride um, <laughs> and had its definite ups and downs but um, like I had mentioned before all of your personalities have just blossomed um, in so many uh, fascinating ways 
and that I know that the people that listen and, and share and watch have learned so much through all of your stories, your opinions. Um, and though I say this is not my opinion, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it, this is a place for everyone to, to speak how they feel. So I think it's uh, pretty special that, um, you know, to be in a group of such amazing women and that will move forward, hopefully forge new roads. And I know that uh, we'll be all together on another amazing, incredible journey. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm proud to say that, hey, I knew her when. <laughs> and Tracy, yeah. I think that we all want to express our thanks to you for bringing us into this opportunity, you know, for a year and then some, but really being able to pivot into this. And of course your crew of Graham and everybody else behind the scenes that nobody gets to see. I'm, I'm missing naming names, of course, but to everybody behind the scenes that allows this show to go on and work so hard, putting this together, huge kudos to you all for that. And for your, your mostly unseen work, <laughs> but obviously your unseen faces, but your work doesn't go unseen that's what I meant to say oh, yeah. Um, so yeah Tracy and thank you so much for everything Tracy you have been our fearless leader and um, rallying uh, coach and everything that um, that we needed I think this year so for that we thank you and we love you <laughs> looking to highlight your hairstyle with some glitz and glamour well you'll love birch accessories they are unique in design and quality without the high-end price. Express your personal style to the world with these beautiful and affordable pieces. Order online at verdesalon.ca or birchaccessories.ca and use NEW10 for 10% off your first order. Hi guys, my name is Oksana and today I'm going to be showing you how to do a Pramasana scalp treatment at home. So the first step is to exfoliate and invigorate your scalp using the Promisana Scalp Brush. If you take a look, you can see that the bristles are looped. So it's not an actual hairbrush, it's meant for your scalp. So this part I find works best on dry hair. So you can do it just on your natural hair. And so what you're gonna to wanna to do is you're gonna to to take your brush, just hold it like you would a normal brush. Kind of think of your head in different quadrants so that you know that you're getting all the area. So you're just gonna go in small circles, putting a pretty good amount of pressure as much as you can handle and just really getting in there, you know, getting all the buildup off of your scalp, trying to make sure that you get all spaces. It actually feels really nice. Um, it's also great for if your kids have dandruff, you can just do the scalp brush on them for a good five minutes before they hop in the shower. And it just kind of helps get everything up so that when they're in the shower, it can actually get the dandruff out of their hair instead of just bringing it to the surface. So after you've done that and you feel like you've gotten all over your scalp, the next step is to use our Promisana Scalp Cleanser. So you can see it there. It has a nice applicator tip, so you'll just open it. It's a very liquidy product. You can give it a little shake if you want. 
So then what you're gonna do is you're going to part your hair in multiple spaces. So apply it along there. Give yourself a little scalp massage if you want. All right, perfect. So now that I feel I have it all over my scalp, I'm gonna go hop in the shower, um, rinse it all out, and then do normal shampoo as you would every other day. And then I'll show you the rest. So I just got out of the shower. First thing I did was I just put my hair in the water a little bit to kind of lather up that scalp cleanser a little bit more. And then I did two shampoos with the Scalp Benefits shampoo. So it also just helps balance out your scalp if it's too oily, too dry. It'll help um, all year round, no matter what the problem is. So that's a great shampoo to use, especially on kids as well. Um, and then I followed it with my botanical repair conditioner. So it's nice that you can mix and match our shampoos and conditioners and all our products to suit your needs. Perfect, so now I'm going to style my hair. So you're gonna wanna make sure you towel dry it pretty well. And then what you can do is, I'm going to use two of our heat protectants. So first I'm gonna spray a little bit of the Nutriplenish Leave-In Conditioner. Through the mids and ends, get it all over. That way it'll be easier to comb out. And then I'm gonna use my Veda paddle brush, which comes in the regular size and a mini size. They're both great. Comb through that product. And then to follow, I'm just going to put a little bit of our Botanical Repair Strengthening Leave-In Treatment. Just a little bit, not much. You can always add more if you need. And I like to put it between my fingers and my hands and just really comb that through with your fingers. It's a great heat protectant and it'll help repair your hair. So both of those products go on your hair when they're wet. And so now I'm gonna blow dry my hair. part of your scalp treatment will be the Promisana Scalp Concentrate. So what that's gonna do is it's really gonna protect your scalp from the dry weather, the hot weather, and just keep it nice and clean and fresh. So as you see, it has a little dropper here. So you really just wanna, again, section your hair into a few different partings place a few drops along your scalp. Not too much. It doesn't make your hair feel dirty at all. It actually feels nice and refreshing. So this is something you could use daily actually on your dry hair. You can also do it on your hair wet before you blow dry. It's totally up to you. It's just what I prefer. So yeah, just making sure you're getting it a little bit of everywhere. Bath. Same thing, just massage that through. It actually feels a little bit cooling. It's nice. So my scalp feels so nice and clean. You can also comb it through. And I don't want to heat style my hair today. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna finish 
with a little bit of our Nutriplenish hair oil. It has lots of uses, but this is just one of them. So I just put a little bit, very little bit. So it's gonna add moisture, shine, tame those flyaways, my crazy cow legs. And it smells amazing. Awesome, well, my hair feels awesome and I hope you guys get a chance to try that at home, um, on yourself or on your family members. Everything I use today is available at verdesalon.ca for curbside pickup or delivery. I hope you enjoyed this video. Have you ever wanted to try something but afraid that you wouldn't be perfect at it? Coming up, life coach Linda Dristowicz will show you to just do it. And it's okay not to be perfect. Hello, everyone. We're going to do something that I love to do. It's an exercise that I sometimes do in my workshops is if I didn't have to do it perfectly, I'd try. Now, what I want you to do is answer that question. If I didn't have to do it perfectly, I'd try and list five things that you would try. Things like, I would love to dye my hair platinum blonde, or I'd love to do a podcast, or I'd like to try skydiving, or I'd love to try um, doing video for Facebook Lives. I'd love to try uh, a new way of cooking. I'd love to try anything that really is something that you are longing for. And then watch what happens when you write that down. Likely you're going to have a lot of thoughts. I could never do that. What will people think? I, you know, I could never do that unless I did it 100% perfectly. And what happens when we have those thoughts and those expectations on ourselves is that we don't end up doing the things that our hearts are craving or just that our curiosity wants to follow. I'm a big person for following your curiosity. It doesn't even have to be your passion. I think passion can be overrated. Follow what is what's making you curious. What would be, wow, I wonder what it would feel like to try that. Follow that. Notice those thoughts that come up and then realize that you know they, those are going to create feelings of fear and pulling away and self-doubt. And if you're willing to feel those feelings. If you're willing to say, you know what, I might feel nervous, I might feel anxious, but I'm going to do it anyway and learn how to sit with that feeling in your body of anxiety, knowing that it will pass, that nothing has gone wrong, they're just physical sensations in your body, you will be able to do those things that you are craving to do. So learning to sit with uncomfortable feelings is the key to being able to live a really rich and full and exciting life. So remember, everything that you want is on the other side of an uncomfortable feeling. And if you get good at managing those feelings, you'll be unstoppable and you'll be doing all those things on your list. 
I want to give a very special thank you to all of our guests on today's show and leave you with this question. What's on your bucket list and why? We want to know, so send us an email to hello at ilikeyou.com or message us on Facebook and Instagram at ilikeyou. But for now, stay safe and healthy, and we'll see you next time on Hue at Home. listening. This has been a production of ilikeyou.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.